Have you ever wondered where Reiki actually comes from? On this episode I will speak with Reiki master Mark Hozak from Germany, who has studied the history of Reiki truly. You might be really surprised to find out how many things in common Reiki and yoga have. Hello Yogi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko and on this show we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Welcome Mark, I'm so happy to have you here in this episode. Thank you so much for coming. Um, would you like maybe to introduce yourself for those who don't know you? Yes, of course. So, hello to everybody. My name is Mark Hozak. I come from Germany and since my childhood I'm fascinated about Japan and East Asia. And this is uh, how it came that um, when I was six years old I found somewhere a newspaper with maybe it was a Chinese newspaper and then I went to my father with this and and then I asked him what is this I really want to learn this and then I was about six years old and then he said oh no um, you cannot learn this this will take 12 years and then yeah. I said I don't care I really want to learn this and he said yeah this is impossible and then I went to my room and started to write those characters from the newspaper but I was not able to do it and was quite uh, sad about this. And But still, I, it was fascinating for me. And when I was 13, I started um, karate, mm -hmm. uh, Japanese martial art. And um, this was when in my hometown, Bremen, was opened a Japanese school only for Japanese. So sometimes um, Japanese people... Uh, business people come to Europe and they made a school for their children and this was in this place. And then I went into the school and asked whether I can play karate here. And there was one teacher and then I had my private Japanese karate teacher. Wow. And yes, yes. And this was really nice. And um, mm. I had the job to teach him German and he was teaching me karate. Oh, that was amazing. Yes, yes. And okay. so... So I had contact to Japan. Yeah. And then when I was 18, um, I had my first trip to Japan and I loved it. And I said, in the future, I want to do something that has to do with Japan. And I also want to live for a longer time in Japan. And then when I graduated from high school, I wanted to study uh, Japanese and Japanology, but I was not interested in um, in business or in uh, in all those um, topics um, in economics and so on. I wanted to do something that has to do with the culture, with the spirituality. Best would be with the temples, and then I found the Heidelberg University that did not only have the Japanology, they also had the East Asian Art History Institute. And there I started to study those both topics. And um, then I could uh, stress on Japanese Buddhist architecture and rituals. And this is, I later went to Japan for three years. But in between this, between the high school and the 
the university, I did for one and a half years a social welfare service instead of going to the uh, German military. Yeah, so it was able to choose between those two. And then um, I uh, went from house to house during this welfare service to old people to talk to them, to wash them, and to do a lot of things. Yeah? And one of my job was to give them flowers when they have birthday. And one, oh. yes, and one 88-year-old uh, woman was um, uh, was paralyzed on a half body, and but she was uh, every day very happy. And when I gave her the flowers and talked to her every day, I saw from week to week that these flowers still stay. Yeah, they didn't fall apart, not at all. And after maybe two months, I I asked half as a joke. Uh, so what are you doing with the flower? It's not possible that they have that the blossoms are still so nice. And then she was smiling and she um, hurled her arm, which she could um, uh, move, still move uh, above this flower. And then I um, was asking her, "What are you doing there? I uh, I don't understand what you are doing." And then she said. This is something very, very wonderful, but I cannot tell you what it is. But my son can tell you because he, is, he has learned this too. And uh, he is very clever because he was living, uh, he was working many years for the NASA and, um, um, and uh, planning this first space shuttle and all those things. And then we made an appointment. And then I met this man who was working at the NASA, who was um, uh, an astrophysicist. Uh, and um, and um, uh, I wanted to shake hands when I saw him. And he said, yes, your hand here is very good, but I don't need to shake. We do it something different. And then he took his hands uh, like like an uh, like like this this means um hands uh, apart and my hand between this and then he asked me do you feel something and i said no i don't know what shall i feel and yes yeah, something like a tickling or a warm energy and then i said yes it is warm yeah and this is reiki he said and what what is reiki i have never I study Japanese, but I, I learn already Japanese, but I have never heard about Reiki. Yes, I will show you more. So um, this is Reiki. Just remember this. And then I said, um, why is it Reiki? This is just the warmth of your hands. And he said, no, it is not, because the outside temperature of the hand is 25 degrees. So you cannot feel this power here. And then and I was wondering about what he was talking because I didn't know this information and then he was rising his hands and going up and down and whenever he has risen it i didn't feel it when he went down i could feel it again and yeah so this was my first impression or my second impression of reiki the first one was the flowers the second one with the hands and then we went inside and i knew of course this house because it was the house of his mother and she was also there and then uh, we went to the kitchen I have seen for about a year. And um, then I, he said, told me, now I tell you again. 
uh, what we are talking about. And then he made a movement like um, like the Yedis and Star Wars, and he said, <laughs> with Reiki, with the movement and all this electric equipment switched on. And then I thought, this must be a trick. Today, you could do it with Siri or Alexa or something like this. But this is this was in 1993. So this is, is quite almost 30 years ago. There, we had no mobile phones. No, He had no internet, nothing of those things. Yeah? And um, then he just did his, this movement. And I thought, hmm, yeah, how did he do this? I know this kitchen and everything. Yeah? And then he said, don't worry about if it's important for you, there will be the time, then you will know why it is. Now, um, two years ago, I visited him and I asked him how he did it. And um, then he said, oh, you still don't know that the time has not come. <laughs> <laughs> so very funny. And then we mm. talked about four hours about Reiki. And mm. after this, I thought, if only 5% of this would be true, um, then it's good to learn it. And then I asked him, can you teach me? And he said, no, I have a second level. That's enough for me. Uh, I don't want to teach, but here's the address of my teacher. I went to his teacher um, and uh, she, um, and, uh, she uh, told me a lot about Reiki and then I went to the seminar. But I'm from natural quite skeptic. And so I don't believe everything. And in the seminar, we did those initiations as attunements, and uh, I didn't feel anything. And the others felt a lot. They saw a violet flame and a light here and this and that. And they, then they told me that they see the ocean in my eyes and whatever. And this was, for me, a little too esoteric. And then after the second or third initiation, the attunement, I, I went to to the teacher and said, I don't believe that the, from my hands, from this hands would come any energy because I don't feel anything. And then uh, she smiled. And at this time, when I was saying this, I was looking into the palms of my hands and I saw some, saw some white dots. Yeah? And then, oh, I asked, what are those dots in my hand? And then she said, this is a sign. And everybody will receive a sign. And um, I couldn't say anything about this because I, I just didn't understand. And this was many years before I saw the movie The Life of Brian, maybe you know. And um, there, um, there um, is, uh, is something similar because uh, one person finds a sandal and says, this is a sign. <laughs> Everybody gets his sign, but it, it has nothing to do with each other. But maybe you might think that this is the same story or something like this. Yeah? And then after the seminar, I went home and thought, okay, I don't believe in Reiki. I don't know whether this is true, but I will give it a try. So I will give myself in the morning, in the uh, afternoon and in the evening Reiki, and le then let's see what will happen. And then it was uh, quite funny because when I made hands on healing by myself, I didn't feel anything, but I felt good with it. It took about three weeks until I could feel something. And mm -hmm. my mother, I still lived at, at my parents' house um, when I did the social welfare, um, she had some friends and then she called me to give Reiki to the friends. 
And then I was very excited. Yeah, One thing was I really wanted to help with Reiki. And the other thing was I, um, uh, I thought if it wouldn't work, it would be a great shame. So <laughs> I made hands on healing. And then I, I was um, praying for help for this person here. And when I was doing this, I suddenly, whoosh, I felt strong Reiki power here in my hands. You know? And I said, whoa, this is interesting. And then I, I knew, I learned, it's not important to concentrate on Reiki. It's just coming out by itself. You know? But I was concentrating or I was focusing on my hands. And when I was doing this, it, the power and the feeling, the sensation became stronger. And then I was deeping, breathe uh, deeply. And then with the breathing out, I felt it become stronger. And I had a lot of such experiences. Then I was visualizing a light coming here in my head and out of my hands, and it became even stronger. And then I was experimenting with this. And after a few months, I went to my teacher and I was telling her this story. And then she, she said, This is wonderful what you're experiencing there. It's really wonderful. But I'm your teacher and I have to tell you that you must not use those techniques because they are not traditional. You just put on your hands and you forget about everything you have done. And then I said, but it's working. It doesn't matter. It's not traditional. You must not do this. And then... Yeah, I remembered that in my childhood, I was always a naughty boy. <laughs> so I will stay a naughty boy. And I did this in secret because I was able to help people. And then in 2007, I wrote a book with a title in German. It was in German uh, with a translated title in English, Seven Secret Reiki Techniques. And there I wrote those techniques. Yeah, and I said they are secret because it was my secret because I was not allowed to do this. At this time, I was already a Reiki master. And this became a bestseller in Germany. Everybody wanted to have this book. And um, then uh, a few years later, again, um, I recognized that Mikao Usui, the founder of the Reiki method, the founder of the Reiki healing method, was doing the same. He was using breathing. He was using visualization. He was doing some kind of ritual to pray before giving Reiki that it will be good for the client. And then I knew, hmm, my master told me this is not traditional and I must not do this. I did it. And now I know I'm more traditional because I do what the <laughs> Reiki is doing than those who say who are traditional. Yeah. And uh, so this was, was very funny. And one other thing uh, that could be interesting maybe is that my Reiki teacher um, knew that I liked Japan and that I was studying Japanese. And then she said, um, you write the, the Reiki characters for me in, as a calligraphy with brush and, um, and ink and everything. And then I said, I cannot do this. And she said, yes, you can. You will be able to do this. I see this in your aura or somewhere. I don't know. And um, she, she, was, um, she was telling me this. And I had no money at this time. And then she said, if you write the calligraphy for me, you 
uh, may uh, I give you the second level in, in Reiki. Yeah, then you can uh, join the training there. So we made this exchange and then she gave me some other jobs. And one was later when I was at university, I told her that in the East Asian Art, uh, East Asian Art Institute that there are all Buddhist sutras. It's a, whole, a wall full of those sutras. And um, by the way, one sutra I know now is um, is called the Yuga Kyo. And Yuga is a Japanese word for yoga. And it says a Kyo is, means sutra. Yeah? So there's a connection between Buddhism and yoga. And uh, then she said, yes, this is interesting with those sutras. Take just one book, open it, and copy this page. And I did this. And I copied the page, and I was not yet a master, so I didn't know didn't know the master symbol. This is a daikomyo, and um, oh. this page was full of daikomyo symbol. Oh. Yeah, and then I gave it to her, and she was very astonished. And um, so uh, this was the beginning of my research uh, about the Reiki symbols and uh, all this other research. And um, this was uh, the beginning that I found my own style because I inserted all those things like the seven secret Reiki techniques or this research in my Reiki. And then later in 2005, I founded the Reiki style Shingon Reiki because uh, Shingon means mantra. And uh, it is also the name of um, a tantric Buddhist school in Japan. And a lot of the Reiki healing method comes from esoteric or tantric Buddhism. And Tantric Buddhism comes, of course, from India. And there's a great connection to rituals, to mantras, to siddham, to mudras, and, of course, to yoga. <laughs> okay, yes, this is my introduction. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for yeah, sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was very interesting because maybe the audience doesn't know, but I actually don't know you in person. This is the first time we talk. And um, so it's very interesting for me too to listen yeah all your past experiences yeah Yeah. so what i noticed and it was a little bit surprising but also interesting let's say it's that um, the five principles of reiki are so much similar to the ethical foundation of yoga the yamas and niyamas there are five yamas which are guidelines, and five niyamas, which are observances. There is non-violence, truthfulness, non-stealing, non-access, and non-possessiveness, which are the yamas, and five niyamas, which are purity, contentment, self-discipline, self-study, and surrender. So... In the morning, my husband and I, we, we usually repeat the, the five principles of Reiki. And after some years, when I start studying more into details the philosophy of yoga, I just realize how much are similar. So I would like to ask you if you can talk a little bit about it. Okay, yes, yes. So, um... Yes, I will tell you something about those, those principles mm-hmm. and um, maybe we go a little into the Japanese language. Sure. So I tell it to you in Japanese and translate it 
what is there. And I will also tell you something about some uh, misunderstandings about the principles that um, we have in the world when it when it spread and maybe why they are there. And then um, you said that you do it every morning. Mm -hmm. And this has also to do something to do with this original text because it's written there. But there are some secrets, some hidden meanings um, that I would reveal now uh, for you. And uh, then you will you will see, I think, that the, the connection to yoga and the yamas and the yamas you were just explaining so nice that it's, um, yeah, this is is quite strong yeah. yeah okay yes so let's start so um the text of the principles exists uh, at least twice in japanese or uh, three times uh, yes but twice uh, two of them are very important one is this very famous calligraphy you can see everywhere on the world wide web and in books and everywhere and one are the principles almost the same, but not the same. <laughs> the principles on the memorial inscription of the tombstone, uh, of the, uh, no, not the tombstone, of the tomb, there's a memorial stone with an inscription about Usui. And there we have the principles again. And they are not the same like in the calligraphy. And this is very important to know. So this means Usui was teaching them and not always the, whole, the same text. It depends on the time and uh, the, the culture or the living, for example, they had in 1923 an earthquake in, um, in Japan and the Tokyo area and his, his um, dojo, uh, his room and everything was destroyed, but he survived and walked around to help everybody with Reiki. And um, then uh, if we have, for example, um, uh, one of the principles is don't worry. And if you tell those people suffering under the uh, this, this earthquake and everything and the fire and everything that was there, you tell them don't worry, um, yeah, then they might not be so happy. So um, uh, he changed this sentence into something else. And this Japanese word there... Um, means something like sad and um, melancholic. So he told them uh, not to be too sad. So he tried to um, give them some feeling that uh, they, they survived and life will go on and they will make it and things like this. So this is one information about those two texts. And then now we go to the calligraphy and I... Um, I tell you, uh, we go through it step by step, maybe, and this could be quite, quite interesting, I think. So the start is, it starts with the Japanese sentence, Shofuku no hiho. This means, um, so if I translate Japanese, I translate this, this part, but actually this is not the whole translation because there are so many meanings in each word that it's possible to translate it in many ways. And if you translate it in those many ways, but only those what is written there, not what you decide you like to have in there, yeah, then you will see that Reiki goes quite deep. So Shofukuno Hiho means secret message of inviting luck. Yeah. 
And um, yes, and uh, this word, this, this Japanese word for method is ho. And this means also ritual. And it means technique. It means a secret teaching. Yeah? It means the Dharma teaching of the Buddha. Yeah? And uh, nowadays it means law. <laughs> and so this means uh, the, the, the meaning from today we don't need because um, Usui lived um, in an ancient time and the modern Japanese people don't use this Japanese from Usui's times um, or the Usui period. They don't use it anymore. So law is not the meaning. But we could say it's a secret method of inviting luck It's a secret technique of inviting luck. It's a secret ritual of inviting luck. Yeah? And it's a secret teaching of inviting luck. Yeah? So uh, this means, wow, this is much more than just a method. Yeah. Yeah? This is, I think, is quite good to know. And the next thing is, so then the next line or row, it goes in vertical rows. The next is, Manbyo um, no reyaku. And manbyo no reyaku means it's a spiritual harp or a spiritual healing harp um, for 10,000 illnesses in your body, mind, and soul. Yeah. And in most cases, it said it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual medicine for all illnesses or something. But there's actually there's written more. But the characters in this calligraphy are so old and so difficult that many modern Japanese don't know it anymore. They would have to look it up in their own Japanese Japanese dictionaries of ancient language and then they will know, of course. Yeah. And I'm quite lucky because I studied Japanology and focused on Buddhism. And this means I had to learn all those ancient Japanese languages. Mm. And this is why... I know, and I know that many modern words like law have in ancient Japan spiritual meanings, and we have exactly this point here. Yeah, and then after this comes, so it's a it's a spiritual harp, and uh, if you have a spiritual harp, it's not it's nothing you can touch that has no material. Yeah, this means it's uh, you can feel it. Maybe some people can feel it. And it has an effect because uh, 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 a healing harp is uh, for healing. Yeah? Yeah. But this healing harp is spiritual. Yeah? So it's a comparison, an analogy yeah, with, with this. Yeah? And then he says 10,000 illnesses in body, mind, and soul. And um, 10,000 just means so plenty that it's countless. Yeah? This is the meaning of 10,000. So you can try it on everything, but you never know before what effect will be. <laughs> and then it starts with a, with a famous five precepts and it goes then kyo dakawa, ikaruna. And kyo dakawa means just for today. Or if you, um, for example, if you practice Zen Buddhism or meditation, um, then you know that you come into the here and now. And this means in the here and now, just in this very present time, ikaruna means anger, let go. Most people say it's don't be angry. This is actually true. But if you look at the grammar of the sentence, then you will see that 
Ikaru is the infinitive to be angry. And na is something, don't do it, let go. So you can say, don't be angry. But if you don't want to use this negation in the sentence, then you then you just say, um, anger, let go. <laughs> yeah, And that's, uh, the meaning is, don't be angry for yourself yeah, on something. But the meaning is also in here because it's the infinitive. There's a deeper meaning. Don't make others angry. Mm -hmm. This is also in there. Yeah. And then the next sentence is Shinpai Suna. And this means um, worries, let go or don't worry. Yeah. So this means don't make yourself worries and don't make others worry. <laughs> so this, this both, both sides are there. Yeah. And then uh, the next is, let me think, um, I, I do it from, from my mind. I don't have a script here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, yodaka wa ikaruna, shinpaisuna, kanshashite. Be thankful. Yeah, It's very important to be thankful. And this Japanese, if you have the... So, uh, thank, thank you, thanking uh, is um, uh, kansha. And this means um, that you... Um, It's something like that you apologize to the other person that he has done something for you. What makes uh, 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 yeah that he he was was busy for you or something like this. So this is how you really say thank you in kind of apologizing. Yeah. So it's 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 also that you respect everything what other people say or that you. Um, that you say yes, this is great, yeah, and um, this uh, there. So there's more inside this Japanese word instead of just saying yo, be thankful, yeah. Yeah. And then we have the next one is go o hagame, and this is the most misunderstood uh, principle of all because many people say work hard, but it's not written there at all. There is nothing written about work. And if you compare this work hard with the other principles, so how does it fit together? Yeah, what is written there? This character Go in the beginning is a Chinese character which was important to imported to Japan, and nowadays it has a pronunciation Yo, and when you have the pronunciation Yo, it has to do with your business uh, when you sell something. Yeah. And it is also a character in the word for industry. But if you have the, the times of Usui, then it's not Gyo, then it is Go. And the meaning is Karma. And this means you are invited to do the best of your Karma. You see? Good connection to yoga. Yeah? Yeah. And, and, uh, so, uh, and then we have it in a spiritual line with other principles again. Yeah? And then um, the last one, is hitoni uh, shinsetsuni and this means be nice be kind to all living beings and there's another misunderstanding uh, most people say be nice to human beings um, but if you look in a Japanese English dictionary then you will see okay um, hito is a human being if you look in a big dictionary of Japanese Japanese dictionary, yeah, where this word is explained, then you see it will be all sentient beings. 
This means human and animals and plants and also yourself. Yeah. So not only to the others, also to yourself. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to everybody, to the animals, to the plants, to just everybody yeah, who is around. So these are the five principles yeah, directly translated from those ancient Japanese. And then it goes on. And then there's written uh, Asayu Gashoshite. This Asayu means uh, in the morning and in the evening, or from the morning to the evening and from the evening to the morning. This means a whole day. Yeah. Gashoshite. Take your hands and this Gasho Mudra, so palms together. Yeah. And then it goes on. So Asayu Gashoshite. Kokoro ni Nenji. And focus on your spiritual heart. Yeah. Kokoro is oft, often translated as a mind, but in Japan, uh, Kokoro means spiritual heart, and it's a combination of the mind and of the soul and of the heart. So it's more. Yeah? So focus on your spiritual heart. Take your hands in the mudra and focus on your spiritual heart. And then, Kuchini Tonayo, recite the principles loudly that everybody can hear it with your mouth. Yeah? And um, so uh, this this means, uh, this asayu, this morning and evening, so you can recite them. This is one method. But you can say, okay, uh, if this is written asayu, it's the whole day. How can I do it? I can't walk around <laughs> reciting the principles the whole day yeah. with hands in gasho and the focus on my spiritual heart. I have to do something else. But what you can do, you can bring this in your daily life. Then you live it. Yeah, and in in um, esoteric Buddhism, it is said that the one hand is uh, the hand um, uh, for for yang yang power, and this uh, the left hand is yin power. Mm -hmm. And if you bring it together, yin and yang comes together um, here, and this means that um, you include both worlds. Yeah, and um, and uh, so uh, that you uh, integrate yourself as a microcosmos and everybody else in a mandala as a macrocosmos uh, into your heart. And then you, you are with them and you can live this. Yeah? This is a possibility. And there is some hidden information because in Japanese uh, tantric or esoteric Buddhism, there is a sutra of the great sun. And in the sutra of the great sun, it is written that if you do something, um, some, some spiritual work, it's always important that you use your body yeah, uh, and that you use your spiritual heart and that you use your mouth. And this is called the three mysteries. And if I say those three mysteries in, in Sanskrit, then it's a mudra, yeah. This hand gesture, exactly. and it's a mantra like the like the principles are like a mantra, yeah, uh, which have an effect. All words are mantras because they have an effect. You can heal people with the mantra, and you can destroy people with your words. So it's best you be nice. <laughs> and then um, it's uh, the the contemplation or visualization. This is a focus on the, of the on the spiritual heart. With it's called uh, in it's uh, called bija like the the om uh, you have in yoga for example and there are other bijas for the chakras and so on 
And um, so this is used for all spiritual work. Mm. Yeah? And this is written there. And then if we look at the five principles, then we have in the same sutra a text, so a, a chapter with 108 behaviors you should do or sh you shall not do. Mm. And if you take those 108 and comprime this in uh, five categories, you have the five principles. And Mikao Usui was a monk of Shingon Buddhism yeah. or Tendai Buddhism. Uh, anyway, two schools, they do almost the same thing. It's tantric Buddhism. And this is uh, the Buddhist way that is most close to yoga than any any other uh, Buddhist um, school yeah, style. And you have this in here. And this shows, okay, if Usui has written, when he has written down this, and when this is from him, maybe somebody else have uh, composed it. That's also possible yeah. because uh, he had those principles before he was doing Reiki. Mm. They appeared in Japan in 1917, the first time, I think. Yeah? So um, this means he was a monk of Buddhism and he knew the sutras, and then he uh, wrote this text uh, for lay people who are not able to read the sutras, who are not able to make it so complicated. But the whole essence of the whole uh, Shingon, the whole mantra school, yeah, um, uh, is inside of this text. And then the Japanese text goes on, and it says, uh, what comes next? It says, Shin Shin Kaizen. It's a method you use continuously to improve yourself. It's not doing you do it once and then you don't do it again. So you have to do it every day. And it is that you train every day, then you will it will become better. You miss one day, you fall back for three months or something like this. This is what Japanese and Chinese masters say. Yeah? And... Uh, and so it's good to do it every day. And this method is called Usui Reiki Ryoho. This means a spiritual method um, of spiritual life energy by Usui. Reiki is a translation of Reiki as spiritual life energy. It's not universal energy or energy of the universe and what people say. It's not written in those, those texts. If you translate it, it's a spiritual life energy like prana, yeah? Uh, similar to this, but uh, it's not the prana, not the energy of your own. It's an energy that comes from the great Sun Buddha. Uh, his name is in Japanese, it's Dainichi Nyorai, and in Sanskrit, it's Mahavairochana. And this goes back to the sun god Surya. And maybe there's a connection to yoga again. Yeah? Yeah. And because uh, it's, it both comes from Brahmanism and yoga, Hinduism comes also from Brahmanism, as far as I know. So there we have a very, very interesting connection. And then we have Choso, and this means Usui was the first uh, was a um, first line founder. And every this means every Reiki master who comes after him could uh, is allowed to make his own line. So this means can uh, teach Reiki masters and can do it in his own style. And this is what happened later. Hayashi changed the system a little and so on. Yeah? And then finally, we have uh, the signature of Usui. Yeah? So there, now we have the principles 
um, complete and you see this is live spiritual life and this is uh, yes a reiki life and this of course there's a connection to yoga yeah. yeah and what you have talking about with those yama and niyamas yeah. yeah yeah wow your explanation was so beautiful and complete like oh thank you yeah <laughs> like i really like it thank you so much you're welcome yeah so my last question is um, how to bring all this very important let's say regulation into your daily life because you know like as you said there's non-violence towards everyone also in the yamas there is ahimsa which is also non-violence and uh, it's kind of very personal because like my husband and I we are practically vegan unless the milk products are coming from protected animals and this is how we try to practice I mean, so how a practitioner of Reiki and yoga also can bring these principles into everyday life, not only on the mat or during the session of Reiki? Yeah, this is a very, very good question. So one part is uh, to live the principles, what we were talking about before. Mm. Yeah? So yeah. you have this in mind and you try to be nice, you try to work on your karma and do your best with this, you know, make, making good karma, and um, that you see everything what you see around you is uh, like your teacher. So you are my great mm -hmm. teacher today. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I after our talk here, I will think about this, and then I'm very very thankful for everything I was able to learn from you. Yeah, and uh, so this this is uh, this is. Uh, is one part and um, if I'm nice to others they will not be angry yeah and if I um, have something uh, for example in the traffic what makes me angry I can think about uh, in what kind of mirror I have watched now <laughs> and um, and what does it tell me yeah is yeah. this person who makes me angry really a, a bad guy or <laughs> is it also a teacher of mine and I can learn something because there must be something inside of me that is, um, that makes me angry. Yeah. And then I, uh, then I say, okay, now I use the second level of the Reiki healing method. And there we have the mental healing and uh, with the mental healing, I use affirmations. For example, I'm free of the, of I'm free of anger of what happens in the traffic. And I recite it, recite it, recite it, and it goes in my mind. And then next time I will can check whether it worked. If it didn't work, then there are two possibilities. One possibility is, oh, the treatment was not enough because it's a continual process as we have seen in the principal text. So I have to do it over and over again. One other reason could be, hmm, okay, this is what happened here, but the origin, the source, of what happened here in my life could be somewhere else. So I have to look for it. So what maybe in my childhood or whenever uh, has happened that I'm angry about the situations. I also could be very patient instead of being angry. Yeah? And then I look for this and make a search in my, in my spiritual heart. Yeah? And for this, I can use 
the methods of the second level, for example. And then I, so I have the, the, the world is my teacher and I have my personal training. This is one thing. And then in the first level, we have hands-on healing. So I use it when I wake up, I do Reiki on myself. I do it in between. I do it on my pets. I do it on my girlfriend. And uh, when I walk around and I see somebody who is suffering, um, sometimes I go there and I ask them, for example, an old lady, I ask her, may I put my hands on your shoulder? Hmm. Yeah, And then they, they are so, so happy that somebody is, uh, yeah, they are so old. And then there comes a young man and boys talking to them and, putting hands on, they don't need to know what Reiki is, but they, they feel so happy and then then all the suffering is gone yeah? because it's, there's also always a limit of this. Yeah? It, it will end uh, anyway and you can help that it, that it ends. Yeah? And then I do it also in the evening and you can do it for your meal, both putting some nice energy inside and in many situations. So you can think the whole day uh, how to insert it. And of course, if you give Reiki, this is kind of meditation. Yeah? And meditation is something spiritual because I breathe deeply in and out and I calm down and my client calms down. And uh, this is, is like meditation. So I can sit down with my meditation mudra uh, or in gasho and meditate for myself. Or I say, I go in a meditation state um, when I do Reiki for others, and then I go my way. And another thing is I'm a Reiki teacher and um, in the, on the memorial inscription of Usui is written that if you're a teacher, uh, the most important practice on your spiritual path is to teach Reiki. So um, I love teaching Reiki. I love talking to you now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, with this, I want to, there's a story of Usui. He had... Um, um, I don't know the English word now. It's um, you have a stick and on the yeah. top is a fire. What is this said in English? I don't a know. A torch. Yes, a torch. Thank you. Yes, yes. So he went with a torch or something like a torch on a marketplace and um, on, the, on, 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 on sunshine, on daily light. And then people came to him. Why do we have this torch lit here? And then he said, yes, um, this evening. Uh, when it's dark, I will give a, a Reiki seminar and I invite you to come there and then you will need the torch. But when you go back home, you have the light in your heart and you will never need a torch again. And they were so amazed of this that they they went to the seminar. And like this, I want to give this uh, Reiki fire, this torch to everybody else. Yeah, And uh, on daytime, on nighttime or whenever. And I'm teaching Reiki and this is my life and this is my way uh, how uh, to uh, insert this in my daily life and I teach everybody how to do it in shape of um, for example the, it's a coaching or it's a seminar or just talking to friends or whatever yeah? so there are so many possibilities and I think it's impossible even if you're not a Reiki teacher it's possible for everybody to bring more Reiki or to bring more yoga in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. So you you practically saying to be aware all day long 
of yes. what you do to do self-work like if something's making suffering or being angry and uh, just not let the life go on in front of you but be part and be aware of that yes yes right so thank you very much and uh, i will leave in the description some link about um, mark hozak so you can see his website and his book and everything and um, yeah thank you very much you're welcome I hope this episode fulfills its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste.